0: Another coffee with the and the mucciari. Yes, yes. So today's discussion is brought to you by no one in particular, but as I am seeking to become a quote coffee master, I've been exploring a bit more of the the history of coffee, and I am fairly versed in it already. But you know, having a refresher is always good to you know learn new facts and to be better able to educate uh, you guys or you know anyone who wants to ask me those kind of questions. So I thought that this would be an excellent podcast to share a bit of that, the journey of coffee, from where it started. And, yeah, coffee started in Africa. Started in, they say, Ethiopia. And the legend goes of uh, the goat herder Kaldi had goats, right, and goats doing goat things. And it would seem one day the goats were kind of Weird so uh, this you know, shepherd farmer person Caldy went and followed the goats and found a coffee coffee plant and it was from this quote discovery that people first learned the effects of caffeine. And when coffee was first ingested or consumed, it wasn't as a, a brewed beverage. it was actually they would put the beans in their mouth and right, because coffee has caffeine among all the other, you know, stuff in it, they noticed a, an increase in alertness, obviously that was caffeine. And this is obviously way before, right, we really knew what's going on inside coffee and how caffeine works and stuff, but they thought, oh, this thing is like this plant and the seeds, right? Cause they would have discovered the coffee cherry okay eat the cherry soak uh and then let the you know bean soak in the mouth and you go oh this is this is cool now from there the uh coffee bean traveled to the middle east and if you've heard i don't know if you've heard but i will let you hear now that it was in the ottoman empire uh, turkey istanbul middle east sort of thing and there's still to this day is a strong coffee culture and how coffee's perceived, how people come and sit down and enjoy, which right, this is one of the bigger focal points of coffee, that it's a so you know social quote lubricant, as it were. Something that helps, you know, get people together, bring them together. And one interesting fact I learned from my more recent review of the facts of coffee history, as it were. Wow, wow! Oh, oh! I, this, this is this. This was written for me, without them knowing it was written for me. Um, but according to law in the Ottoman Empire, if a man—that is correct—if a man could not supply his wife with Adequate supplies of coffee. She could, in fact, divorce him. I know. I was like, this is this is impossible. No way. This is unbelievable. But, yeah. This is what um, the Starbucks thing told me. And then I Googled it because, right, as with anything, if it doesn't exist on Google, it obviously doesn't exist. So, I Googled it. And Google told me the same thing. So, there you have it. You can bring this into your relationships these days. If your guy or girl can't give you the coffee that you need, they gotta go. Just, you know, just live in the old coffee way. So, you know, anyone who I have the pleasure of eventually knowing or not, I'm going to have to up their game because I'm definitely making coffee pretty good. So I guess other positive is I can help educate people so that, you know, their person doesn't ask for divorce. Because, right, these days we'd have to, like, apply the law in reverse as, like, well. you know, equal opportunity that, right, if a woman cannot provide her man with enough coffee or if the man is – right, either way, if one partner is not able to provide coffee in the, you know, required manner – I don't know. And I mean, as a corollary, I guess we'd include teas or whatever drink they like. Maybe just good good, good wisdom from the Turks here. Make sure you're making the drink that your person likes. And if you don't know the drink, learn it. Moving on in the coffee history and how it uh, was uh, going into more further places. Yes, yes, yes. We Because coffee didn't just end there. Eventually, it was falling in the hands of the Dutch and moving more into Europe, obviously from the Middle East, just natural sort of progression. And the Dutch is very important because, right, the Dutch, it's very, the the story of the Dutch is actually very interesting, right? That at one point they were a, a, a powerhouse of navigating and like seafaring and, you know, trade and all that. And it kind of, not, I don't want to say disappeared, but, right, like, kind of faded back, right? You know, New York was Amsterdam, blah, 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 you know, everyone knows those stories, Um, but, you know, just an interesting point that, you know, the Dutch who were, you know, seafaring, they were able to bring it to other countries, and, right, this brings a sort of side story that cold brew, whether it originated with the Dutch or the Japanese, which I have talked about in the past... Collectively, we could say that it was the Dutch because, right, they just were more prominent, although there was evidence of Kohlberg being in Japan. Something curious, something interesting. It, it makes more sense with Dutch because they were, in fact, traveling over great distances, right? We have to imagine a world where you can't just get somewhere like immediately, right? In months. So it takes months to go from Europe to North America, right? Now, this is a six hour flight. So it's it's definitely an eye-opening experience when you can use history in any way, right? It doesn't have to just be coffee, but if we're looking back at history and say, oh, like, like crap, like, this was very different. Very different. And this is maybe an ongoing, recurring theme in my uh, TED Talk discussions. But I think this is definitely a very good chance to remind you because, right, like how cold came into being was because like then they needed coffee to last like on these long voyages with the other European countries. They had cafes and such, you know, they had, um, how do you say, you know, right. The first look at how, you know, there was, um, like more of a modern style of coffee, right. The French, they got to, um, they created the, like, you know, kind of the Olay, which is, like, the, the, you know, milk into coffee. And there's a bit of lore on like, how the seeds, like, of coffee were, have been transported in sort of this, like, story as well. Like, there's, like, sort of, like, espionage or, like, you know, the, the coffee beans were stolen or, like, you know, um, snuck in or whatever. And that's that's definitely interesting lore. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's hard to say if that's really true or not. Um one other curious thing was that uh, in the UK, Britain, whatever you want to refer to that nation, country as, uh, one of the first locations um, that opened, they were referred to as penny universities because those coffee houses were known for attracting and bringing together various different you know, intellectuals, you know, all the students, old lecturers, professors, old university people of, you know, that's how we're talking like 1700s ish time. Right. So we're kind of going back when, you know, being an intellectual really meant being an intellectual, uh, right. We're kind of like going into like the history of like why universities were so prestigious and why like college had universities have that sort of history obviously it's a very different uh, situation now i believe people are learning that you don't really need to go to university if you don't need to it really depends on your career um but i think it's also an important note that right these quote penny universities that attracted people with you know obviously the coffee and the talking right again that sort of social lubricant of just bringing people together like being a way to get people together and then the people would just discuss what they would discuss in this case whatever you know discoveries and such like that because as you, you know where all these big discoveries are not just made overnight it takes like years worth of research and lots of trial and error and many sleepless nights that of which coffee is a helpful uh, helpful thing So obviously kind of from there, like very kind of spread pretty much throughout Europe and then eventually obviously over to the States. Um, so I would say like the next big, like change in coffee came from, uh, Pete's coffee, maybe you've heard of that. And he was, um, the son of a Dutch roaster and he brought that, uh, European style of roasting and such to the States first. And then schultz um well rather starbucks first and later schultz then sort of tried you know learn from that and brought that european style of coffee as well um i think sort of like kind of rehashing like the starbucks history it was first just selling whole beans then eventually moved into uh lattes based on the italian south cafe and that's how kind of starbucks initially started as the third place and then I think in about, like, 2013, uh, like 14, 15 was when one of the first Starbucks reserves, which is, right, the premium uh, Starbucks um, experience, right, sort of the, the height of what Starbucks is looking to offer, which I think really is in line with what coffee overall is trying to do, what, what right, the smaller cafes are trying to bring to people. Um, so I think that's definitely an interesting point that, right, these, I, I feel that the Starbucks reserves are doing a really good job of right trying to demonstrate the craft. Uh, it's even apparent in just how they have the quote partners employees dress. They're all wearing hats. This is to right evoke that feeling of right like small cafe. And I I get it. Uh but like I see like I see, I see through it too. It's not like I'm just you know captured by the magic of it like the one in New York which is beautiful, really nice thing. I would definitely recommend If you needed to, like, grab a coffee and just, like, relax for a bit um, near Chelsea Market. Walk the High Line, go there, enjoy some coffee, get, like, better pastries. There's actual, like, decent cool stuff there. You could get some merch if that's your thing. But I think, right, for me, that's, like, a good example of, like, what you want or what I want, what I want to see in, in coffee. And obviously, right, it's a tourist attraction, but I think, right, it's kind of, like... This is like the current age of coffee, right? That we're in. specialty special coffee is booming. There's all those different types of you know, processing, roasting, and people are learning about it. And that's like actually really the key here that we want people to know more about coffee so that you can like be more aware of it. Um, right. Cause I would say, right. As more time goes on, more people learn like, oh, this is coffee. And you start experimenting more. You'll see, oh, like Starbucks, like your normal source is fine, right? If there's nothing else and like, right, like I'll be guilty of this as well. Um, you know, if I go to Japan, like, yeah, I'm gonna go to Starbucks because like, I know it. I like it. I like the vibes. Like the coffee is good. They have like this, like you buy one coffee, you get one later for like a dollar or like a hundred yen. It might be a little different now with, the, you know, I don't know what the exchange rate is exactly. It's in our favor. Um, but right, it's, I think part of what's like Starbucks has created is a sense of the familiar. Like, you know what you're getting, you know what it is. Like, you go to a new cafe, you kind of pretty much know what you want, but, like, it could be different. Um, but that's good, because that gives the cafe itself the chance to express coffee or um, what they want to deliver from whatever beans they're choosing to serve. And, right, that's, that's through their espresso, through their pour-overs, through their other offerings or non-dairies, which are, like, you know, another another thing. So, yeah, I thought that sort of, like, history lesson was kind of interesting. Like, the whole... um. You know divorce if you don't supply coffee really got me and that's kind of what inspired me because i was like this seems like a fact i should share with people like my people deserve to know these facts uh other random fact about kaldi uh, the goat guy we talked about from africa there's a shop in japan actually called called the coffee and they sell like obviously coffee uh, they're they're kind of like an import-ish shop. They sell all sorts of, like, foreign... Not foreign. I mean, like, I'm saying foreign, but, like, to Japan. Like, like European stuff, American stuff, um, like, cookies, cheeses, all that kind of thing. Um, looking back, I didn't realize at the time how extensive their coffee selection was. You know, we're talking, like, 10 years ago. Um, but it to, like, the rest of Japan where you can buy coffee, yeah, it's not... Their selection is, like, probably the uh i would say the biggest i mean i'd have to i'd have to go back to japan obviously and then like give you a more in-depth uh discussion and i don't know maybe some pictures and analysis on that which could be something i do do um i haven't really thought too much about it but maybe in my reviews i can provide some pictures in addition to like this you know vocal component so you can be like oh that's what place looks like that's what he got the drink and especially more so if I'm going, like, abroad to these, you know, special coffee cafes, which I'm also intending to go to. The other one, sort of, like, because I'm giving you some random facts now about coffee in Japan. There's, um, in Kobe, it's a Nishinomiya Brothers, or Nish- Nishinoya Brothers, that is another kind of coffee chain that is, like, local to Kobe. I remember I got some coffee in the month, so it was, like, really different. It was a Brazilian coffee, and obviously like obviously right i you know had coffee every day and that's if i were to say one thing that's remained fairly consistent for me over time it, it, it is really drinking coffee like like coffee coffee I'm, I'm like not lattes just brewed drip coffee is something i've been drinking for a pretty long time um i definitely did just like pour his back when i was living in japan because it's just you know small apartment like it's what I had, what I brought from the States, what I bought. I, I, I distinctly remember buying a drip, no, a pour-over, a pour-over um, from Kaldi. I remember because, like, there was a goat on the, on the, like, the thing itself, like, the the pour-over, like, hardware, and I forgot that. I don't know what, I don't know what happened to that. I always wonder what happened to that poor thing Because I'm, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have thrown it out because, like, you know, I, I like coffee, so, like, I don't know. Because I do remember I had to buy a French press when I came home eventually because I was like, I need to make more coffee. And, like, you know. I would recommend a French press. Just, you need to be, you need to be making larger quantities with it to really, like, you can't get the small one, but no, 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 just, I think that's good for, like, trying and sampling things. But if you're going to be actively drinking coffee, go with the bigger one and have fun with that. Also, side note, different note. I don't see the point of Americanos. I I honestly, like, I made it twice, like, recently because I was trying to use my AeroPress to, like, do the whole Americano thing, and I was like cool and then i don't know i messed something up really bad because like the coffee taste is just like so watery i think because like i just i don't i honestly don't know what i did wrong i think maybe it's like too much coffee so i don't think it like extracted properly i think it had to have been an issue with that um so i obviously you know was trying to make coffee to go to the beach um because um i wanted to have coffee on the beach instead of like you know having it before Uh, and like the only coffee I will drink is like my coffee. I don't, I don't, I I can't like, there's no coffee I could buy near me or anywhere that I could like bring in a cup, bring to the beach and it would be good. It it just would be cold. And then there was the issue of it being metal. Like, I don't want to sound like I'm against using metal, like things to put your coffee in, but like, I don't know if that affected the taste. Um, I bought this Takea like thing i i forget it's like one of those drink holders and right i bought it because right it has like eight hours of a hot and definitely the the heat was not an issue that was great that i would definitely like even actually my the one i bought from ikea like the basic ikea one that i've used for teas is and has been great for like keeping the heat and so that technology great i don't really know or have cared enough to like right, make coffee and then like take it with me and try Cause I'm usually just like drinking it here, like at home or if I'm out, like, I'll just make coffee, right? It's like pretty simple. Um, but right, like let's say you're going like, I'm like actually going out, like you're going to do something adventure or like you're going to, you know, just not going to be in your coffee, which I guess the situations are pretty rare cause like you usually can pretty much make coffee, but I guess the learning point is that, hey, like, something to look into. Um, I'm going to experiment more with this. Um, but yeah, like after, like I made it again and right, I did my standard, like six ounces of coffee. And then I believe what I also messed up was also accounting for the water that I pour into the initial uh, soak, or, you know, uh, right. Cause like you pour into the air press, you know, mix it and then like sit for like 30 seconds and you pour it. I didn't account for that, like two ounces, but right, two ounces is not like really gonna affect, um, right, because I was making like two servings worth, so 16 ounces for like the eight ounce serving. I usually drink six, but I bumped it to to the eight ounce of six because, you know, let me just make more, like if my parents want some, great. If I want more, great. Um, but it didn't come out as planned. Um, so that could be something to explore, um, right? Maybe like letting it sit more. It did just taste what tasted watered, very watered down. I mean, that's what Americano is. It's watered down espresso compared to like right. If I'm doing a brewed coffee, right, all that water is going through the coffee and absorbing the more of the flavor, right? Americano literally is just like that concentrated bit, and then you add water and like it quote dilutes the the concentratedness which like right now i have i'm having one that i made it's like "Mm." like it vaguely tastes like the coffee i was making it doesn't taste bad just like and the coffee i had before wasn't it was coffee but it wasn't my usual shtick it was kind of like I was coming kind of in a bad mood because I was like, oh, my coffee wasn't good, and I was like, oh, let me take a nap. So I took a nap, then won the water, won the water, of my parents, had some more time, and then chat, read a little one piece, and there you go. That that's my day at the beach for you. Um, so then afterwards, obviously, I made coffee, like, and it was great. Um, so yeah, the history is um, it's a cool thing to look into. It's um, something you might not even learn or know about. So. Hoping today's lesson could help give you a little more background on, like, the origins of coffee. Kind of a bit more, like, you know, sort of picture of it. Um, Okay, there you have it. Um, Yeah, basically started in Africa, and now we're here today. We have coffee pretty much everywhere you go. Um, It's a huge industry. It's a great drink. There's all different ways to drink it. Right, you have, like, Starbucks, like... The giant in the room of just bringing coffee to people, whether that's good or bad, we, uh, you know, don't really care. It, it just is what it is, right? Like Starbucks will serve coffee in this way and let people know coffee exists. All right, if right, if it wasn't for a company like Starbucks, I might not have been exposed to coffee in the way I have been exposed. So you know, there is there's lots that you can be learned from every uh, every uh, avenue of the knowledge, so. Keep your coffee fresh. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, so and the coffee I had today, it was... Well, I did two coffees. The first was the Sirens blend from Starbucks. I've been drinking that. Like, chocolatey, citrusy. Honestly, I've it's come to grow on me. The first time I had it last year or maybe a year and a half ago, it was... Eh, I was like, ooh, this one's like... But now my tastes have maybe evolved, which your taste will change over time. But it's a bit more tolerable for me now. Not tolerable. I Enjoyable. I... That was the wrong word but like i can appreciate it better now and like i i've been bringing more of the close to the espresso style i feel like that really brings out some of the nice notes the other one i've been doing is the tribute blend i've talked about this one i really enjoy that i will be having a special jamaican blue tasting in a few days uh, with this coffee master certification so that's uh, our chance to try that one it, Jamaican was always kind of weird it's a different coffee you don't really get to try it but it's like apparently one of the best i you know come back to me in like five years and i'll tell you how good it is or not maybe i'll have a better sort of you know palate to discern oh yes and that was one other thing that Dothers had the place i went to the other day they had the coffee wheel of flavors in the place i was impressed i completely forgot about that i because i I walked in... Well, I didn't walk in. I first saw my friend sitting. I was already, like, late. Because, like, I'd been aiming there for 10, but then I was getting a little after 10. And because we were meeting Japanese, I was like, oh, crap. You know, Japanese people are always, like, 10 minutes early. Uh, My friend's gonna be early because, like, she's basically Japanese. And then, like, I was late. But then Japanese people were late. So, uh, like, I don't want to say I felt better about it, but, like, it was like, hmm. You know. It was okay. (laughs) And then... By the time our other friend came around, um, like, we were able to like, we're talking, because, like, me and my friend were talking, and then, oh, like, one of the Japanese students came, or two of them came, then another third one came, and we're like, oh, cool, let's go inside, and then, like, I was going up to get my second coffee, and I saw it, and I was like, wow. I should have said, like, next time I go, because, like, obviously, like, I'm going back to this place, like, obviously. um, So, I would definitely like to be like, hey, like, guys, like, great choice of the coffee, like, that's really cool, like, appreciate that, because, like... It's important. Like, I feel it's important. I think that's... Right? Like, if you're just drinking coffee, there, like, you're not going to be able to really, like, absorb the, you know, flavor profile wheel thing. But, like, it's there. So, like, you'd be like, oh, this is fruitiness. This is this. You can learn more. And then, right, applying that to whatever other drinks you'd want to, like, become proficient in, like, whiskey. I've um, unrelated... The friend who grabbed coffee with us Uh, The doctor one is, um, in fact, into the whiskey uh, and did uh, a whiskey tasting, which um, that's something I probably eventually will have to just do. Like, I don't really like drinking, but like, like I had a whiskey from one of my old time friends and he was like, this is a peat whiskey. And I was like, aha, a peat whiskey. I was like, okay, like smokiness, this kind of stuff there. And I was like, oh, crap. I don't really like drinking alcohol because like extra calories and stuff and like, you know all about more the health and wellness but like taking care of your mind body and social things means like drinking is fine um but i really do like enjoy flavor so i would have to say that um i don't know if i'm gonna add like that kind of tastings to my things down the road because this is a coffee podcast um i'm really because i had that one whiskey infused cold brew that was like ugh it was just it wasn't for me and my dad but like Right, like the taste was there, and like tasting these different notes was very cool. Uh, so I guess that that's like the thing to learn here that right, you can always be playing around, enhancing, learning your your palate, and be like, oh, okay, I like this, I don't like this. This is this flavor, um, right? Because this this friend had shown me the um, the whiskey equivalent of the the flavor wheel for whiskey, and how right, depending on which region of. Um, or was it, Scotch? I mean, it doesn't really matter because like Scotch is whiskey, um, so right, you're just sort of like splitting hairs at that point, right? It's the same type of drink. The notes are not going to be different. It's going to be right, flavor is flavor, um, but, right? Like if you were to like now put this to, like some like tequila or wine, um, like a sommelier and all that fun jazz. So yeah, I guess take make it make it of it of what you will. It's uh, just another day, another day learning. Uh, going to the gym, it's gonna be great. Um, and I'm trying to think of a cool fact I can leave you with to leave you with. Mm. Okay, I'll give you one one other rando Clavi fact for today. Uh, So, in Japan, there is another chain, kind of like the second, right? Like after Starbucks for coffee. It's called Tully's Coffee. It, I think it's like fine. The problem is they allow smoking. So, that wasn't fun. So, and there you have it. All right, clubby out.